Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It's episode six of the 23-24 season. Uh, two games to review today. We've had Bristol Rovers, we've got Blackpool. Um, there's some news to talk about. A, little, a few little bits on the stadium to discuss, perhaps. Um, and then we'll be previewing Wigan and Wickham. It's myself, James. We've got four of us tonight. We've got John. Hi, John. Hi, James. We have Connor. Hello, Connor. Hi, James. And we have Jack. I don't like it when we do this. Hello. Hi, yeah, I, know, I need to mix it up. <laughs> I used to ask you what you have for dinner. Jack, what do you have for dinner? Uh, three types of curry. Okay. Oh. I want to get into that, but we're on a, we've, we've got time pressures tonight, Connor. Dinner? Uh, fish, veg, and rice. So very, very healthy. Was there any sauce on it? Well, it was just like like spicy rice and stuff. It wasn't just like bland. Sounds dry, though. No, it was fine. I'm licking a bit of wood. Uh, let's, let's not back, do this. Back to that time limit. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? Exactly. Back uh, to that John? time limit. And just seriously. Can we just start this again? No, no, we're not. <laughs> um, what were you How? saying about time pressure again? Sorry, are we <laughs> yeah. under it? Yeah, right. uh, yeah, we, we do need to go. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't, I didn't have time to prepare any anecdotes. Is this, just... is this, is this where we could plug the Patreon or not? not yeah, not launching a. Patreon. We need funding. <laughs> <laughs> Give us money. We're struggling. We're going under. Yeah. Um. Anyway, should we get into things? Let's just go straight into it. News. It feels weird to jump straight into injury news, but that's what we're doing. <laughs> I don't know why. This is why anecdotes are important. Then. Contracts? Yeah. I've kind of forgotten how to do this. Let's do... Uh, let's. No, I want to do injuries. I've said it now. Cambran, is he actually really hurt? Or is it just a bit of illness? There's, there was stuff going through the camp. Man, like Manny just illness, said he was sounded rough. So I think it was just like... Okay. Know, cold, COVID or something. Any reports on Cowpole sales is local. Tesco. <laughs> Nothing like that. No. That was uh, meant his to be lo- anecdote. His, oh. his local Tesco is his my local Tesco's, and it doesn't seem like there has been, so it's all right. Did Manning say that's, that's he might be back an interesting for... bit of uh, insight. How did you know how do you know it's his local that? How do you know your local Tesco is his local Tesco? Because I've seen him around my parts, my ends. <laughs> your parts? <laughs> my ends. <laughs> <laughs> So I really wish we could start this podcast again. <laughs> no, no wonder he's ill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been stalking Very him good. up up the um Excuse me. Stop that sentence now, John. Supermarket <laughs> supermarket aisles. Oh, oh, you, uh... So yeah, I don't think I don't think I'll be ready for Wigan. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um Right. Car <laughs> Carl Edwards is out for two months. Has that been confirmed? Yeah. Yeah. Hamstring, so not great. Okay, fair. We're really getting off on a positive note, <laughs> no note here. Uh, Negru, what was that? I didn't see this. I saw some chat about it in one of the WhatsApp chats, but just a, a general knock or... So they said on Radio Oxford that they believe he's got a slight injury or knock. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, <laughs> I think I'm officially losing it. It's so. <laughs> what sort of knock? Just a slight one. <laughs> I think this is where someone else feels while James cracks up. No, I've muted myself for the last like, just, two minutes. I'm, I'm just imagining listening to this being like, this is the worst <laughs> content I've ever heard. 
Oh, Oxford United. I think this might be the end. We're about to hit our 100th episode. What is this, 98? And it's all collapsing around us. John's uh, going to get us cancelled. <laughs> yeah. There's um, rumours that I'm chasing Cameron Brannigan around Tesco's. Well, they're not rumours. <laughs> you said yeah, it yourself. I mean, yeah. Um, and then Marcus Brown was the only other one that we had. That I, I hadn't heard anything about Brown. Is he back on the grass, as they say? I, I got the sense it was people have slightly forgotten about him, but he's not. He's sort of progressing at the right sort of pace. So he will be viable sooner rather than later. Okay, good. Um, right, let's never, ever start with sad injury news again. It needs to be referenced as part of um, getting into squad chat, I think. But there we go. It, it, how to learn how to prepare a podcast. I'm going to take some notes after this. Um, on the contract side, which is positive, Connor, Kieran, Brad, like there was a bit of a... Uh, like the club were getting us to guess who the new deal was for. And I think a few of us jumped in straight away with McGuane. Um, but it was Kieran Brown. New, at least kind of extending through to 2026. So positive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, now every game I've composure, I can actually seem to offer um, some, some contribution to this podcast. Um, but no, definitely. Uh, I think like, you're right. I think most people thought it might have been McGuane because of some of the rumours that was going around previously. But Kieran Brown's been excellent again this season really showing and really you know, stepping on from his player of the season award last year and he's been faultless to be honest um whether he's been operating as a left back left center half or you know left of a three he's been he's been really good this season i think he was excellent against um blackpool yesterday as well so great news yeah really happy yeah. for him and, and he seems happy and he seems settled as well which is great it protects, jo- his, protects his value as well because if you were going into like brutal getting ahead of yourself hat on and say if we went up he'd probably he might be on the list of potentials that maybe doesn't follow us up and so therefore he's got some we've got protected value in him but that's caveated with not getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> it was the immediate like brutes you know quite oh you can bad angle only, i went to how, he's only 25 that's the thing that always gets me he looks like he's heading towards his 30s, doesn't he? But 25... Yeah, he's in his prime, got locked in. It's a good move from that Yeah, he's still got a... Pace is never going to be his thing either. So, he's you know, for his game, I think he's got a lot... Obviously, he's got a lot of years left in him. So, the fact the fact that he's kept Thornley out of the squad at a point yeah. in time where we've gone back to a back four and then he stepped inside for a centre-back role, I think just shows, you know, everything about him. Um, at a time where with Thornley and... Lee coming in, but pressure on both of his positions where you expect Brown to be on the bench. It's not happened, Jack, has it? He's still there. Well, the season he's, he's proven his worth, hasn't he? And like Connor said, he was great yesterday. And the fact he's become reliable at in two or three positions um, means we have the option to change it up, which can only help with kind of Manning's ability to treat each game so individually. Yeah. Um. One that was just came out of nowhere. I kind of thought my um, the Oxford website had gone into a time lapse, but Gorin signing a short term deal. Um, John, you must be happy. It's kind of rottery. Yeah, it- rotter light, like rotter light. But he's just like it's just a great character, and I almost think what Manning said about him and how positive he was about him says everything about this because. I don't think he really is a Manning type player. Like he does have his limitations, but it's. I mean, it's, all right. There's there's another side of the coin is that he's obviously 
around in the club and they knew that there was going to be injuries, illnesses for the last game. And maybe they thought, well, he's just fits enough boxes to be sort of some midfield cover to have in place. But there's clearly stuff about his character and the rest of the things he offers to the to the team as well. Which So I think it's great. I'm really pleased. I hope he gets some actual game time um, as well. I thought he would, because McKech, did he play? He didn't come on, did he? No. Because I thought he would get minutes because McEachran was obviously starting and then I was like, when was the last time McEachran played 90 minutes type thing? So I just assumed he would have found his way onto the pitch. I imagine he probably would have if we hadn't have needed to at least have something different up front, but we'll obviously cover that. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool, but yeah, good. Definitely good character. Matty Taylor was in the pre on the being interviewed by Jerome pre-match um, yesterday ahead of the Blackpool game and just couldn't say you know just had nothing but amazing things to say about Goran's attitude and the kind of impact he had around the dressing room and apparently because he Goran had been training with the team for a while when they kind of announced that he was going to get a short-term deal there was a lot of cheering and everything else that sounded sounded good uh, he'll be a good egg around the place um Jack I saw your spreadsheet of justice with all of the contracted players ages when we think their contracts are ending made a dramatic appearance in the notes. Anything like that still stands out for you that needs to get kind of sorted out? Still lots of question marks, isn't there? It's the new way though, isn't it? Well, yeah, it seems to be, we'll describe everything as longer term and leave that up for everyone to ponder. There's, I think the big thing is quite a lot of the players are contracted for at least another couple of seasons. So if we were to get promoted this year with what is, you know, a League One side, you'd have a lot of these players still around next year, which you can kind of flip two ways. You've got the continuation of a squad and a, a unit and all the rest of it, but then you potentially go, does that come at a, um, a negative in terms of trying to bring more players in? But to get the assets tied down, I think you're probably looking at McGuane confirmation. Yes, we might have an option. That seems to be at least at least on the table, but are we going to sign him up for longer than that option? Goodrum's the one. We've got an option on him, but do we, if he is getting on the international scene with Ireland, do we want to tie him down a bit longer to kind of protect the potential value there? Although yeah. I think there's a discussion about, yes, he scored a few goals this season, but has he actually impressed that much? I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's nice though. The club's not acted in this way for a long time to get players tied down. Um, we you know we've lost people like Dicky for cheap because we couldn't you know get him down for three years or whatever. So all steps in the right direction. Yeah, we were saying as well. It's not the worst thing to get some of these players tied down. Head even if we do get ahead of ourselves and we talk about if we did get promoted, people are always looking for players from promoted squads, aren't they? At the end of the day, so is it. Yeah, protect your kind of investments and um, they're always going to be attractive propositions. Um, player of the month came out and we obviously had Manning win player of the... Um, sorry, manager, not player. <laughs> manager of the month uh, for... was it, it was August, wasn't it? And then Moose has just won it, the manager for September. Um, but Greg Lee, Connor, I mean, what a guy. I know he got another, another goal yesterday, but just what, yeah. a, what a guy. Yeah, I think he's stolen the hearts of quite a lot of Oxford fans very quickly since his arrival. Um, I think he's a, he seems to be a, a very, very good professional. Um, I think he's obviously 
fitted in very well with the existing squad that's already here. Um, and he's been performing excellently uh, on the pitch and thoroughly deserve of his you know, deserving of his uh, player of the month award, particularly after his, you know, slightly shaky start, I suppose, with his red card. Um, and, you know, he, he's, he's done excellent. He's been a, a real, you know, kind of first name on a team sheet almost. I think the funniest thing I saw um, in relation to this, this award was, um, Sky Sports when they reported on it on their striker on their, web, yeah. on their website when they put <laughs> they put Oxford United striker Greg Lee wins player of the player of the month which I thought was hilarious um, and to be honest with you at this rate you might as well play up front because he's scoring just as many as a as a decent he's striker so, so dangerous he's, like so brilliantly. You even yeah. heard it in the commentary yesterday where they're like oh the attacking outlet Greg Lee he's playing in a back four for Christ's yeah. sake like it's he, but he, he really was. We would say even with his goal, he still had three or four other chances where he was in or like there or thereabouts on the end of things. So, yeah, I also uh, I, I I like the tweet that we put out when he won it that of the uh, the, the decent five aside team that's shaping up of previous um, Oxford United, uh, you know, winners of Player of the Month, Jake Wright in twenty twelve, Ryan Clark. In 2014, and then Matty Taylor in 2020, and now Greg Lee. I mean, that's not a bad four side team. We just need one more now to fit the th- in there. The thing about that, though, when I had a look at it, was that means we didn't get a manager of the month or player of the month in the 15 16 season. And when you think we had the likes of Roof, who was brilliant, Hilton, it's amazing that that squad didn't get much recognition from month to month. Yeah, but Northampton was so brilliant, though. Yeah. That's oh, why. That's, yeah, sorry. They were such, they were clearly the better team. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, should we talk about the stadium, boys? It's quite a nice, nice. This topic is this is your to. moment. We want to hear the James CGI. <laughs> yeah, to, we should. You know, be questioning you. Well, the angle on the on the stilts doesn't look quite what I'd no, like what, it. I, a different shade of blue, possibly. But when bring that the, on. The video kind of came out, didn't it? And then I kind of instantly downloaded it locally, and then they kind of didn't have it running anymore. So I was just sat there watching it on repeat. Again and again, taking screenshots in a, in a darkened room. In a in dark room. Yeah. Do, oh, do you know what though? It does. It really. Um, I, I just. I love it. I, lo- I love the whole thing about how it looks. How you, I can see. No, it obviously lived literally less than a, a kilometer up um, Banbury Road from where the ground is. So I just know the area really well and just was absolutely buzzing with it. I think the main, the only thing that I was a bit more surprised about, but then when you see the elevation shots that were shared afterwards, I thought it, it obviously it's a bowl, and on the internal side, there's I was kind of like it, it, I'm not sure what the jump out points are, but um, the, when you see the elevation and you see you actually kind of focus in on more of the kind of hospitality side. I think they were saying some of the hotel rooms will like face into the pitch and stuff, but then on match days they'll be used for kind of hospitality and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, be... that's fairly common in other places. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe not in League One game grounds that I've been to recently, <laughs> or when I was at Fleetwood. Go to my conference game. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Um. What what about you boys? What are the main things that are kind of stand out, Jack, for you when you saw it? It's just exciting, isn't it? We've talked about it for so long now. Like, what if we could get a new stadium? What if we move? We need to move. But seeing the real images, the plans, and I think the the content released by the club is a really good document, not just from a football fan point of view, but for the local community who are obviously going to have interest in it. 
it's such a quality piece of uh, quality publication. Um, it just looks a good stadium. It doesn't look like a generic new build where you can. It could be anywhere. It looks like it's got a bit of identity about it. The, the plans for kind of an archway off the main road, and there seems to be a hell of a lot of thought gone into it. And you know, a long way to go yet, as we're fully aware. But it it is exciting, and it was actually watching the fly through video was pretty emotional as well to see mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you know, this, this is what we are working towards now. It just made it all so real. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. With the first time I watched that video, it was just like goosebumps. And it was. It sounds sad. Some people, you know, particular I suppose Oxford fans are the only ones listening to this podcast. But to anyone else, you just think, oh, it's just a CGI image of a, of a football stadium. But I think what it means to us, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's a, an important part of where the club's going to go in the future. And we want this club to be around for future generations, not just not just ourselves. And I think this is one of those things you look at and you think, you know, if this if this gets pulled off, then you know that this club is here to stay for a long time. Um, and it's a uh, yeah, it's a beautiful looking stadium from from what the CGI images have produced, and it, it really does kind of get you excited to think, you know, once we start seeing shovels in the ground, hopefully, um, you know, these, these images might be, you know, might be coming true sooner than we think. It, it it's amazing. I, I think the um, one thing that really stuck with me with the the photos was just kind of the flags as you kind of walk up towards the stadium you know like the surrounding area actually being more or even though one one of the pictures on the flags i've just zoomed in i swear that's chris cadden yeah yeah, yeah it, it is. is it is this is what we wanted from you <laughs> <laughs> zooming I, in i love it but chris best. cadden's you know <laughs> i just it's quite random isn't it no, but your point I, I get your point is a good one about like a bit more of an approach yeah to, identity uh, isn't it, it identity. exactly that and that because it's the same architects that have done Brent. I'm trying to keep everything really positive and I obviously love everything that's come out. But with Brentford, um, they really kind of went to town on the uniqueness of the stadium as well. So I, I think um, it'll be interesting to see what the final product kind of looks like. Um, obviously, they want it to be as close as possible to this. but And you can't actually see, if you saw like the some of the images from top down, they've actually got kind of grass and flora and stuff actually on the sta- stadium itself haven't they so um yeah i really like the color as well <laughs> just throwing that out there i really like the fact that it's blue um there's a the big ox crest got, isn't there a as big well. ox crest yeah and and also in the images they've got the you know the ox the ox statue which i w- would imagine will be coming from the kasam and that's probably the only thing that we want to take with us from that place um, not the bowl like not certainly not the bowl plex. <laughs> Um, I think it's also got a with with some of the images of the structure on the outside. You know, it's got it's got a little bit of the um, Olympic Stadium look to me with the way that the the way that the um, the structure is, is shaped. Uh, it looks really interesting, and also the inside as well, which I believe there was some some talk about safe standing as well. Oh yeah, um, so which, yeah. which I think is a which I think is a an important aspect. Um, yeah, they, to be, I think to they be said the the image which is kind of looking diagonally across the pitch is supposed to be from what would be the away corner so the yeah. the stand at the far end is planned to be a full safe standing mm-hmm. i suppose you can't say the word terrace but in effect yeah, 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 um, yeah. so yeah it's yeah it's yeah it's just exciting isn't it? it really is yeah massive yeah there's lots more <laughs> to probably say about it i just i don't want to get too deep until there's like we you could... say 
you can, I think, I think in, yeah, I know what you mean. I think once, once that happens, I think you could do it. You could easily do a whole podcast on just the stadium, couldn't you? Quite easily. Yeah. But the, I guess the thing to say is well done to everyone that's been involved in getting that whole project to the point where it's at. Um, yeah. A massive effort from the club. Everything is so much more organized. All the communication has been mega professional. Oxfox done a great job. Um, everyone has just done an amazing job and all the fans that have ended up writing into the council and everything else so the whole club all the community the fan base everything um it's the his it's gonna you know it just marks like you said connor it's making this club sustainable for the future for our kids our kids kids everything else that we're going to force to support oxford united so <laughs> um, it's vital um fa cup draw just finishing up on news. Maidenhead at home. Jack, you buzzing for that? I think it's quite a good draw. Really, I do love. It? Yeah, I mean, I love the FA Cup. You, I think, in the first round, you want a on paper winnable home tie to just get your name in the hat, in it, is get the job done. You know, doesn't matter how, get through. Um, they're not in any great shakes in the conference, so you know, you in principle, you hope it's straightforward. Although magic of the cup and all that, but yeah, you, you can't ask for a better draw in principle. I see in the notes that the manager of Maidenhead is Alan Devonshire, who played 400 times for West Ham and eight times for England. John, reflections on Alan Devonshire? <laughs> well, it's a heavyweight. Yeah. <laughs> it's not your uh, bog standard um, league manager, is he? Um, I'm going to assume that's the research department that's added that nugget in. I think so. I definitely did not know that. <laughs> and there was a little to add. I was aware of that. <laughs> Um, let's get on to the football then. Um, Rovers feels like a while ago. It's hard to see past the fact that the best team in the land got smashed by Burton after um, after losing to us. Which um, do you know? I came so close to tweeting Jerry Barton, but I just had to stop myself. <laughs> I was just, I, I was just, oh, yeah. do you know what? I really just want to. I just want oh. if he, even if he just happens to look at it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't watch. have got a response though, because you're not a. Um member of the club coaching staff. Yeah. Oh wait, that's not someone else. Yeah. I watched the uh, I watched the EFL highlights this morning and I have to say I nearly celebrated every goal with a with a jump when I, when uh Burns One of them was a smash like a belter, oh, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Great. Yeah. I hope you like that. Yeah. I wonder if he actually thinks he's like, you know, creating a siege mentality and everyone hates us. I wonder if he actually delusions himself at that Weird. side of things as well. It's a strange game though, wasn't it? We started well against Rovers, looked um, the better side. Our goal was great, wasn't it? It was Bowden. It was the little ball through from um, Rodriguez, Rodriguez and then yeah. but a great like kind of dummy by Bowden, just smashed it in. But then the rest of that first half, John, like Rovers were the better side and we couldn't couldn't really keep up with them. We were very lucky to go in, go in ahead at half time. Yeah, I think you saw the sort of, the formation differences because a lot of people get carried away when like a three or a five at the back plays against four, three, three, and they say, Oh, it neut it neutralizes a four, three, three quite easily. Cause you've got more players wide and all that sort of stuff. But you actually showed that they played their system far more effectively than we did ours. Hence why our wing backs couldn't get in the game. Aaron Collins was constantly getting in behind um, Stevens and causing long lots of problems. And their midfield, I thought they're number 15. Uh, I can't remember his name, but they're sort of central of their three. 
was absolutely running the show as well. So they kind of, they did a number on us, our system, which I think is a healthy thing because it sort of gave us a challenge and, and meant that we had to in the game change it, which we obviously did at halftime. So it was, yeah, it was, was a tough watch the first half, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Be yeah, there, moved, Connor. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I moved my season ticket seat actually for that game to the north stand because I wanted to be closer to the away fans to actually have a bit of atmosphere and give them a bit because um, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that when you uh, get one over them. Um, so I think John was you know hit the nail on the head with the fact that in the first half where um, Collins was causing all, all sorts of trouble. Um, and I think Long really did struggle up against him with the fact that Stevens was so far away from him. Um, but I think the good thing is, is that you know Manning identified that at half time, and there was a, there was a change. There was a change not only in system but also in personnel. Um, Stan Mills coming on at half time, which you know, which you know, really, it, yeah. really changed changed the game in terms of the shape. Um, and then and then it was kind of man for man, I think, and we, we were we were clearly, despite Joey Barton's best efforts, clearly the better side. Um, at Def- times. Definitely for like half an hour yeah, after the break, hour, yeah. we were absolutely the better side. Yeah. We were running the game. M- the Mills coming on just seemed to stretch the game a little bit in our favour, and then yeah. they just seemed to tire out. So the fact that it, we got into the situation, we kind of got in with a few minutes to play. Um, we, it was chaos, wasn't it? You've got to remember that we play on that uneven surface all the time, and they don't. <laughs> yeah, we we were used so, to it, aren't we? You know, we're used to it. It's just an added advantage. Yeah, I just think that with with the game, it was it was one of those when we when we were watching it, we're thinking, you know, there is certainly scope for them to get back into this because Beadle made a number of good saves, and I think it it really it really was very pleasing to see when when Sam Long did score the second from the corner. I mean, and also scoring from a corner that's, that's yeah true it's a good thing um and at that point when it was 2-0 we were thinking right this is it that's game over you know settle and that's it game over but in fact actually it like you say the last kind of five six minutes of the game maybe seven minutes i suppose with the added time it was a it was a nervy affair once they got their got their goal back and the the two red cards are, are you know the first one for um smith was just it's just totally not needed you know the kicking the ball away thing you can't get away with it now the referee was so card happy um in that game and it was just it was just mindless mistake um from from smith so that was that and then obviously the 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 mill sending off which all as we know now has been rescinded and you know that's history but that was never a red card in the first place i i i it was, I would have said that i would have said I, that two weeks ago or three i kind of agreed with everyone seemed to say once it's given, it's probably hard to rescind it, which I kind of went along with as well. But yeah, I mean, I'll, we'll take that. Um, we com- completely forgot. So they had an offside goal as well that Barton referenced, but it was offside because, I mean, he was stood in front. Um, <laughs> Should I read it- out what the notes say about him? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> they um, and obviously they writing got- those notes. I was crafting those <laughs> words in very, um, you know. They got... Um, Giovanni Brown sent off as well, didn't they? Um, another similar one oh, where he yeah. kind of booted the ball away. So that's the thing. We were running, we're, we're playing against 10 men, 2-0 up, and there's no way. I guess Manning always talks about experiences for the team. This was definitely one where you're 2-0 up against 10 men that you've got to see a game out. And we yeah. made it a lot harder for ourselves than we should have done. Jack, when do you reckon it's the last time we had two players sent off within a minute of one another? I think I know when it was. 
I remember having two players sent off very quickly at Bradford away. But yeah, I don't know if that's, that was that's how close they were. Crichton and relatively. Wright, maybe. Yeah. Was that when it was a pound for the ticket? Yeah. I remember dragging loads of people from work along from Leeds, being like, we're great, come and watch us. And we lost 5-0 and had two men sent off. Yeah, that was a painful one. Good for a neutral. It was, actually. That was the general feedback. Um, yeah, so obviously we that game concludes. We win 2-1. Joey Barton just goes to town, makes himself look like an absolute cretin. None of the Rovers fans um, really just went along with it either, which was the thing that made it even more uncomfortable. They were all quite um, diplomatic in the in the responses, at least on Twitter or X, whatever the hell it's called these days. But um, the vibes seem to be generally um, that, yeah, Look, they're top of the kind of top of the league. We are nowhere near them. Stop talking like this. You're going to embarrass ourselves. Um, the Chris Hogg thing was funny afterwards as well, but I think that's been talked to death already. So I don't think we need to go through that anymore. Um, yeah, we go on to we go on to Blackpool. Pompey obviously weren't letting up. Um, we had a change of shape for at the back. And Jack, you can say this one was absolutely a game of a game of two halves, can't you? It was the, yeah, it's the pure dictionary definition of game of two halves. The stats back it up, every graphic and image go in. Um, I think I put a few tweets out. I was just like, I was praying and hoping that a lot of it can be put down to fatigue and illness because otherwise it's a bit of a concern because um, we saw a little bit of it in the Bristol Rovers match as we've just discussed. But yesterday the last 15 minutes especially was just, I don't know what the word is to describe it. We just looked completely gone. Like it was our 60th game of the season and yeah, that kind of was, thing. I mean, it must have um, had to be like, like Rodrigo was a prime example. They haven't played for like two weeks. He was too fair, pressing like a machine for most of the game and played really well and was on the ball a lot, but about 65, 70 minutes, he dropped off a cliff as did others. I'm not picking him out. For any any reason whatsoever, but you just like that that doesn't doesn't seem right. Didn't feel right, even if he was going at full pelt for seventy minutes. It's still the drop off with too many of them was too quick. So it's got to have been something there. Yeah, we sat um so far back, just from about yeah, it was about seventy minutes onwards, wasn't it? It was just we're going to try and soak. It was like right, we're going to soak something up, but surely then we're eventually going to start breaking on the counter and see what we can get. But it wasn't the counter never came. It was just keep soaking Connor we nearly got it over the line I guess but it was coming wasn't it yeah it was I think to this point as I think we you know we are kind of foregoing what happened in the first half we're kind of already jumping onto some of the negatives because I do think in the first half we played very well yeah yeah I think to be honest with you we 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 were we were the better side we we certainly controlled the ball um and I think we looked good I mean the the only thing you could question I suppose is the fact that we didn't really create many two not many clear cut chances at all, I suppose, other than the the excellent goal that we scored, which um again the EFL highlights did absolutely no justice to, given the fact that they oh, showed God. two passes. Yeah. Um I mean you watch that back and I think there was before we lost possession just before the goal, <clears throat> um we had twenty three consecutive passes, then we just clipped it forward down the line, lost possession, won it back, then played the was it thirteen, fourteen passes? Um, in that move that was, you know, had a lot of the players on the pitch involved in it. 
really, you know, moved the ball side to side, got it out to the other side where, where Mills was, you know, one over, had a, had a time to cross. And then, you know, that man again, Greg Lee popping up at the back post with an excellent finish. And it was to watch it live. It was, it was a fantastic move. You could almost see it playing out in front of you. You could just see what was going to happen. And I think it, it goes to prove that we are such a fantastic side when, when we start to to penetrate with the passes in the, t- in the final third. And we've seen that a few times this season and it was yeah. a fantastic goal. I mean, the only thing that irritated me um, in the first half, to be honest with you, is the bloke sat behind me um, who kept moaning when we were passing the ball around the back. It's just typical of a certain generation of football fans. They seem to think that oofing the ball up the pitch is the best route. And, you know, we, we scored a goal that came from excellent, patient build-up. And, you know, we will be seeing that more than once this season. Yeah. We've got the quality to do it. John, you look like you want to say things. Oh, I've always. Um, <laughs> the, the other side of the coin, and then we can get back to drooling over the goal as well, is that I think we forced Blackpool into just not having any idea of how they wanted to play. I, I vividly remember this point where they had an absolutely flat back five and a flat front three sat barely 10 yards away from their back five. And they were just sitting there going like, right, you can try and come towards us, but we're not going to try and engage you because we know that so many of your players like McGuane, McGuane, Rodriguez can just whip the ball away from us, move us around. They looked terrified of of how we were, how quick we were moving the ball. Um, and it just sort of, they just seemed to be absolutely like terrified. And then coming back to the goal, like I think the Rodriguez-Harris one-two, I think was just... Yeah, triangle. Massive, it was triangles around the box, yeah. wasn't it? It was like two or three instances of that. And then the McGuane little turn, and then and I think Jack, you said it when we were watching it. Like Greg Lee, not that not every player makes that run because he because you could kind of argue that, that cross isn't for him. It's not really a back post chipped up to the back. It's it is for six yard for Harris or for equivalent of. Um, so to him to get in there as well to to gamble, um, just really impressive to just go for it. Yeah. We, we were saying watching it, weren't we, that that is, I genuinely believe that's the best goal I've seen us score in terms of like a team move for a long, long time. I, I can't remember the last time we got, we scored a goal that good. Um, and I, I remember saying like, if you're a Blackpool fan in the, nor- in the North stand watching that, you're going, Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> you watch that play out and you're, we're dra- the thing is we dragged all of their team across to the left-hand side which obviously then opened up the space for the cross to be who hit the was it Mills. wasn't Mills yeah sorry Mills, it was Mills yeah. yeah but Mills had acres didn't he because we dragged every single other guy across the the other side of the pitch to open the space like it was nuts um, but yeah you couldn't have polar opposites of the halves we had sixty five percent possession going in at half time or there or thereabouts I don't think Blackpool had officially registered a shot first half. Um, and then second half, you know, it, it was just complete flip. They had about 65% possession, nine shots. I think, Jack, you posted it somewhere, didn't you? But we had maybe one effort. Yeah. I think it was a Bowden shot that went over the, kind of flew over. And then otherwise, we were just backs against the wall. Beadle made an, a stunning save, didn't he? Um, and then you're kind of starting to think, right, well, maybe maybe we can just kind of scrape this over, but it's not going to be pretty. Um, I started putting bets on Blackpool to win. <laughs> at that point, I was you can't do awful. No, I know. Do you know? Do you know what? I'm not even a betting man, but I was so 
convinced that we were yeah. we were going to screw that up that i there was like 400 to one i was like that is um, um, incredible odds yeah i mean to be honest if you sat sat watching it live i was also feeling the same way as you you know i you it was it was it was coming you know it, it really was um and when it did go in i was you know i slumped back in my seat and i was i was not a happy chap because it's so frustrating to 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 I wouldn't say throw a game away. I think that's probably a little bit exaggerating that because I do think Blackpool were the better side in the second half and they were credit. And they're a good side. They are a good side. They they will definitely be in the top six this season. Um, And I I think, you know, we said this right at the beginning of this conversation where, you know, we did look very, very laggy 70 minutes onwards. And I think... Equally to, to Blackpool's credit, I do think they pinned us back there. You know, we, we talk about how we, you know, we didn't have much on the counter attack, but you know, the changes that we made didn't impact the game at all. Um, Goodrum, I thought, was absolutely lost pretty yeah. much ever since he t- stepped foot on the pitch. Particularly when he had to fill in at number ten for when Rodriguez came off, he he, he, just, he it's not natural there. My, um, my my particular rage on Goodrum, I know it's mo- it's a moment and it's a bit yeah. harsh, but when he was dry- when he kind of we finally won the ball back and he got the ball right at the kind of right back position with green grass to run into, and he and just he pelted it straight back at them. Yeah, it, if we'd back, have won yeah. a throw in, won a just free kick, ran with it, anything. Yeah. It was just yeah. the whole team. It wasn't just him though. The whole no, no. team couldn't and, deal with it. Yeah, and also I'm sure you know the 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 um, Gatlin Donka as well didn't 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 really show. He looked ill. Show himself. He looked yeah. He looked yeah. absolutely shattered before he even came on. You know, his his he, there was no running. I mean, not be funny. He jogged everywhere. He didn't even, I don't think he broke a sprint the entire time he was on the pitch. Um, so. The do th- want how much of an impact this illness did actually generally have? But you don't want to just pin it on that. The thing I wanted to. You know, we talked about the Rovers game making a change at half time because we were clearly struggling. That was the thing. Like with this, we made changes. None of the subs made a positive impact. And but it, it less about maybe the personnel, more about the shape and what we were doing and how we were going about it because nothing seemed to change. I, I didn't catch Manning's post match either, but it sounded like the others that listened to it said there wasn't too much in. Talking about further illness in the camp, or he didn't really, or... he didn't really talk to that point, which was yeah. it seemed a bit odd to not. I mean, he t- but he, he talked about the first half being. I think I think he said words to the effect of it's one of the best halves he's seen us play. Yeah, which I absolutely agree with, and that's where the, to your point, Connor, it isn't throwing a game away, but you because you played that well in the first half, that's where you yeah, can be annoyed it about it. Like... A lot of people out there are going, yeah. "What's the point? Yeah. Why is everyone moaning? Not moaning, but." It's because we the bar was so high in the first half. But no, he was quite sort of, you know, very sort of let's not get carried away sort of Liam Manning stuff, which is all, yeah, it's all fine. But it was surprising that he didn't address the the drop-off at that point, which was so... so I don't think there's bits around the edges. Blackpool clearly pushed men forward. They went to sort of three and then a five and almost playing five up top. But it, it was sort of yeah straight, but, strange. They... I think Dem- I think Dembele changed the game yeah. for them as well. Yeah, they I really think, yeah, did. Yeah, go on, go on, um, Jack. They we kept saying it, watched it, didn't we? That uh, they shoved Dale and the winger on the other side properly forward. So even when we brought Finn Stevens on, Dale had acres and acres of space in front of yeah. the south stand. Lower, like mm-hmm. we we went so narrow. Um, 
But I think that is to Blackpool's credit. Like, there's a lot of people tweeting going, "Oh, we sat back, we did this, we did that." It's like, I don't think we necessarily did. I think there's a number of factors, and actually, sometimes you, you're not going to win every game. Like, sometimes that's going to happen. So there's no point getting carried away when you win four in a row. There's no point getting carried away no, when you don't it's win. A, like, and we're so long to go. When, when the last times we were playing a Critchley Blackpool team at home, mm-hmm. getting absolutely battered, and. I, yeah. I do think they, to Connor's point, they'll be top six side. They'll be they'll go on a run and they'll be clawing back, um, you know, some of the points on the autos. I'd expect in that as well. So, I think there's the only thing to John's point is just the. I don't think we are used to that momentum swing, uh, the you know at the Casam, yeah. and especially since this season started, I don't think we've seen. Are kind of the polar opposites, but again, that that might just be Blackpool absolutely finding their feet and just us not quite being at the races second half. So, it, it one thing it does raise is a little bit of a concern about what's going to happen on Tuesday in terms of yeah yeah fitness levels. It's a great segue. Like we need we haven't got much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is a great segue. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. What 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 are your thoughts, Connor? Do you think like Harris is an interesting one as well? Like you, he needs to build a bit of momentum in his performances doesn't he as well yeah well Harris seemed you know Harris did really well uh, away at Derby all that time ago um, he's obviously seems to be uh, relatively comfortable playing away from home so hopefully he'll do all right at Wigan <laughs> but yeah he's uh, he's he frustrated me yesterday but then again I think he was feeding off scraps a little bit um, I don't really think we, we played to his strengths necessarily yesterday, but he certainly needs to get himself back amongst the golfs to get himself a bit of confidence. Um, and I, I do still think there is an issue of the fact that he's not being pushed hard enough with the competition behind him personally. And that's just my thoughts on Odonka for you, but I'm not going to go any further than that because I probably have people coming at me with pitchforks. Yeah. John, do you think Harris is going to, he needs a goal that, you know, he can't, the longer these games go on, he had the suspension in there, didn't he? But he, he really needs to get a run together because he can't live off that Derby game forever. No, I mean, he's sort of displaying some of those, like... I know he does have talk about being a wide player as well, but he was starting to do that thing where he was drifting out wide to get on the ball and trying to mm. show he was doing something. And you just, like, want to grab him and say, just stay down the middle, keep committing. Um, he says something there, as we've clearly seen, so I'm not too worried about it. I think we're going to just be an interesting one because they're... They're a bit sort of streaky, but they've got some good players. They've got Charlie Wyke, who I just hate. He's such a grubby, <laughs> effective, a grubby, effective striker, though. He's a good player. Like, and, but then some of the other points in that the research department slash Jack has put in, you know, they're not, not a lot of shots on target. Um, they do seem to be pretty filthy by the look of it. 37 yellow they've cards. Lost, they've lost five out of their last six before they beat Exeter on yeah. Saturday as well. So there's um, sort of there is on one hand there's not that much to fear, but it's not it's gonna be a sort of hard fought game which plays to the fitness point. And they've got the whole deduction thing as well, so they're in a false position, admittedly, we, to your point though. The thing Jack, you know remember when James Henry and Matty Taylor built up more of that relationship between them where it just became like magnetic in a sense. Who who could Matt Harris's Matt Harris? Who do I mean? Who's that? Matt, Matt Harris is a Mark guy Harris. from work. <laughs> <laughs> Mark yeah. Harris. We don't have much time. That is a big yeah. tangent. <laughs> well, you, you, you immediately go to Rodriguez, don't you? And I think a lot of this comes back to a discussion we've had before on the pod this season. We've got a lot of moments 
in players this season, as in yesterday Mills didn't do a lot but pulled out a good cross for Lee's goal. There's a lot of moments in these players and we, we probably, if you want to be really critical, you want to see more consistent. So you want, you want to see the chance creation step up a level. You want Rodriguez to create multiple chances in a game, not just one good moment kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think to the point, Wigan is going to be tough on Tuesday, regardless of their situation, our illness, anything else. It's the whole classic Wigan on a Tuesday just screams, yeah. pop, you know, anyway. Do you think we're five at the back again? Yeah, I that. think you might. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think so. And and potentially for the Wickham game on Saturday as well. Mm. Oh, Wickham. Um, there's not really much to say about Wickham, but they're kind of still about where you'd expect them to be for where where they're at in the season. Slightly better form than where what Wigan have got, but they've they beat Blackpool two nil at home. We're away as well, aren't we? So their their home form has looked pretty decent, to be fair. Uh, What's that? Away where? Wickham. No, we're at home. We're at home. Oh, yeah. For God's sake. Yeah, we're at home. Yeah. Still, I'm telling you right though, that we'll we'll match them up because yeah. we've learned we've learned that that you just have to play them not at their own game, but at least try not to be too cute. At least it's not a Gaff Ainsworth Wickham anymore. So yeah, there exactly. is a point there that you know maybe this kind of weird, you know, terrible run of form we kind of have against them might be might be bucked at the weekend because yeah. Uh, you know, they don't have Gareth Ainsworth and Akin Femmer anymore. I think it's a really interesting test to see where we are under Liam Manning. Because I think, although it's not Ainsworth, I think they still play quite similarly looking at their passing stats and stuff. They are quite, still quite direct. Often we've got overpowered in midfield. You, you look at Liam Manning and say, OK, show us something different because we never saw us try anything different against Wickham, especially the last couple of seasons under Robinson. So no I think results. on paper, these two games are... An interesting place to see where we're actually at as a side. Yeah, Definitely. see whether we still finish the, those two games in the top two. Be interesting to see. And the latest run of results is not bad. Like drawing with yeah. Peterborough, scoring two against them, scoring away at Portsmouth. 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 They lost that <laughs> last minute as well, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Beating Blackpool two 0 like some good stuff in there. Not the biggest long ball. T- I'm just looking at some of the stats there in there as well. Like Portsmouth. Most kind of accurate long balls out of any club in the division at the moment. Wickham are in uh, eighth. Um, so maybe their playing style has mixed up slightly. Does that not mean they're just booming it and it's not? Yeah, yeah, not accurate. It's just going out. <laughs> so they're just yeah. booming they're, it. They're just winning loads of second balls. or loads of second balls are throw-ins. Yeah. Um, quick shout, obviously, to the league table. I know it's we don't want to get too giddy. The more you look at it, the more you kind of get scared. But... Um, you know, it's still looking really positive. If we can keep an unbeaten run going, we know that these the kind of batch of four games we've got now, um, important to just get get through them, isn't it? Try and get you know keep getting points on the board, keep trying to push away from some of those teams and relieve a bit of pressure before we head into January, where we've got a bit of time to maybe think about where if the squad needs strengthening. So we're nearly getting towards that time already, which is mm. quite scary, isn't it? But um. I think we'd have all have taken this, I think, boys, at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Definitely. Um, there can be no complaints still at this point. You know, five points clear of the club behind us. That's a, still a good, strong position to be in at this point. And do you know what? It's fine. If Pompey are ahead of us, then we'll just keep chasing, won't we? Gives us something to chase. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so hopefully the team composes themselves, goes again on Tuesday. 
we probably need to do the same before our next pod, I think. <laughs> um, think I might go on Tuesday. Yeah. John, are you going? Yeah, I'm, I'm go, really yeah. decided, but I might, it's only an hour from Leeds, isn't it? So I might. Yeah, I'm going to go. Head over. Cool. We'll work that out. Maybe let's not work that out whilst people are listening to the pod, but we'll sort that out later. Um, right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll probably be back in a couple of games' time. But in the meantime, uh, look after yourselves and see you later. Thank you.